Red Cloaks Radio is a production of the Boston Red Cloaks. Hi, this is Jesse, and I'm joined with my co-host, Laura. <laughs> we are so excited today to have back for a return visit, Dr. Anu Kumar. We had such a great time speaking with you about a global perspective that you bring as president and CEO of IPASS. Welcome back. Thank you so much for having me. I love, I'm happy to talk to you guys again. You know, when you were here last, we were talking a little bit about coalition building and that in your work, you've seen over 20 years with IPASS and with IPASS being a 50, almost a 50 year endeavor, um, that you've seen many different settings, different countries, different continents, um, but that you found some similar strategies that help everywhere. And I wondered if we could pull that out a little bit more. Some of what you've seen are like, you know, top three things to do if you want to move forward on abortion access and you're sitting down as, let's say, a volunteer in your local community anywhere anywhere in the earth. Wow, that's an interesting question. I think the first thing that occurs to me is to be a lot more vocal about this issue and this topic. Um, we tend to shy away from it, um, but I think you know, we know how, and how common uh, abortion is. And just to, you know, to, to give some statistics around that, you know, globally, there are 120 million un unintended pregnancies every year and 73 million abortions every year. Um, so it is really common. <laughs> this, is a, this is something that many, many people experience. But half of those, nearly half of those abortions are unsafe. So, you know, 32 million women and girls will have unsafe abortions around the world and suffer injuries and disabilities as a result. And that's of course why IPASS exists to, you know, to reduce that harm and, and, and mortality. Um, but I think one of the real problems is that people don't really think about abortion when they think about healthcare. Um, and so, you know, really, I think one of the first things would be to, to think about, to really speak about it. And then I think, you know, people also don't necessarily, one of the things that we've seen that is effective is to help people really understand and clarify their values because what values clarification is actually a technique and a strategy that we've used in nearly every country where we work. And we use it with providers, we use it with donors, we use it with government officials, with all sorts of individuals uh, and groups. And the reason it's helpful is because often people say, well, you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't really want to support abortion because, you know, I have a moral objection to it. Uh, we've heard this, you know, often from providers as well, like, oh, no, well, I'll, I'll refer for abortion care. I, I'm not going to do it myself. But a values clarification approach really helps people think about, you know, why, why did you become a provider? You know, why, why did you become a lawyer? And often it taps into deeply held values around justice and rights and you know, care for other human beings. And when you contextualize it in that way, you realize that actually providing abortions uh, and helping people get abortions is uh, caring for people. So you know, I, I think there's some level of introspection that is also helpful uh, in terms of, you know, in terms of doing this work. And then you know, I, I, you know, one of the things that we, that we do in our work is we do a scan to see who, all, who else is out there, who is working on this topic, right? You know, I, we care about it, but who else cares about it? And we uncover groups, 
individuals, you know, not everybody is part of a group, right? There are individual champions who are really powerful and important and interesting and are, you know, I guess in today's world, we call them influencers, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so, you know, there are influencers and, and, you know, just kind of do a scan and go, all right, who are my allies here? Who can I work with? Who can I bring in? Because you're never alone. No. You're seldom alone. Uh, and so, you know, find those people and those institutions who are with you and see what you can do. So true. I, I, I just found that like it, it's even, you know, Jesse and I are both within a group, but it's so much more powerful to work with other groups instead of just, you know, using your voice alone. So that's true everywhere, I think. Mm -hmm. So we talked yes. last time a little bit about social media, because some people who are listening maybe don't have an ally in their family or their right. neighborhood or their community. And we definitely hear from those people who feel alone and social media allows them to have the experience Laura and I get to have out in the street if we're at a standout or demonstration. So can you talk a little bit more about the resources iPass has in social media? I noticed you have a YouTube channel. We do. So if you could share a little more about that for people. Yeah, we have a YouTube, very active YouTube channel. Um, our website is filled with really great resources and information. Um, and so, you know, I highly recommend people go there, www.ipas.org. Um, so it is, it is filled with information. Our Instagram is really popular, and I highly recommend people going to our Instagram as well as our Twitter feed. Instagram has been really great because it allows us or you know what we've been able to do is to is to um, compress somewhat you know technical information into a quick graphic, um, and so it's very easily understood and digestible. So Instagram is a really a powerful tool. Um, so yeah, social media has been really important. And you're right, people. It is a way where people can find community. I thought for people to look also, you have these great videos that bring us to different countries. And some of those videos were filmed a couple of years ago, but I found it very um, empowering to see, oh, there's people just like me who care about this issue really across the planet. And I think when America is at a moment that feels um, a little depressing, a little you know yeah. upsetting, and people are having an increased feeling of anxiety as they think about, uh, the upcoming Supreme Court decision, it feels like we're not just alone in one country, we're not alone globally. And you mentioned in our last talk that where you stand, you see the bigger picture of forward progress. So could you share a little more about that for people to hitch your star on that wagon? Yeah. Oh, I think it's really important. Not only is the United States, not only are, are Americans not alone, um, the rest of the world is with us. Um, so, you know, I think I mentioned last time the number of countries that have liberalized abortion laws, but, you know, since the mid-1990s, it's been over 40 countries that have liberalized abortion. Um, and only a handful of countries have gone backwards. So the U.S. is one of them, but so is Poland, um, and so is El Salvador. Uh, and, you know, and, and I think one of the things that we have to really think about in, in the United States is why are we going backwards? What is, what is happening in this country that we are going backwards on this issue? And what's happening is a fundamentally anti-democratic movement in the United States. And we have collectively got to get a handle on this. To me, abortion is the canary in the coal mine here. Uh, and we've seen this time and time again. You know, autocratic dictatorships go after women and they go after women's rights first. Why? Because we are often 
the people with the least power. So, you know, I think when we think about what's happening in the US, we have to think about it in this broader context of anti-rights movements, anti-democratic movements, white supremacy. Um, these are all the things that are driving uh, and pushing the United States of America over, I think, a very dangerous cliff. Um, and we have to pull ourselves from the brink of this cliff. I mean, it's no coincidence that the anti-voting, that, uh, that the Texas SB8 bill occurred on the same day that the voting rights were restricted. You know, that there is a clear connection here right. um, and we need to start making them. Those of us who care about women's rights, those of us who care about abortion rights need to, to connect the dots to these much broader processes uh, and, and think about it holistically. Well, and whether it was leaked intentionally or not, I agree. Thank you for saying that because it feels like it was leaked at a time when we were about to hear more about the January 6th investigations. So it's hard not to wonder if it's not a deliberate move to say, oh, let me take all the people who are worrying over here about preserving democracy and studying what went on in January 6th. And let me just throw a little bomb their way that will upset them and draw their attention um, and make it more difficult to keep attention on some of those broad structural issues. It's a really great point, Jesse. I do worry about that in our in our current media climate. We have, we collectively have sort of attention deficit disorder. We have a really hard time, you know, focusing on long periods of time on anything. Um, so I'm really worried that, uh, Row that, that abortion will not be a voting issue. That by the time we get to our, the primaries in this country and to elections, people will have forgotten this because every week it's gotten a little, it's gotten a little bit better, but certainly under the Trump years, every week there was a new trauma, you know, and so we had to we had to refocus. So I, I do hope that, that that Americans can stay focused on this topic uh, for because it's going to require sustained attention. I think that goes to something else we talked about last time, that your concept, which was new to me, of a sustainable abortion ecosystem. You know, in some ways, the leaked abortion decision uh, through, was thrown off the page by Buffalo shooting, but more importantly, Uvalde really got people's attention. And then I thought, oh, it's hard to pay attention. We have to hold multiple issues. And I think that's what you're talking about when you're talking about a sustainable abortion ecosystem. We've got to think about gender justice, racial justice access to abortion, bodily autonomy, we have to think about them interconnected all at the same time. And it seems like actually the way you described it was very succinct, very powerful. People could hold on to that. I wondered if you could just echo that again and amplify just a little bit so people can think about how will I get from now until say in the US to the midterms and keep thinking about multiple issues and, and really your values clarification. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, the sustainable abortion ecosystem, you know, work and framing can be really powerful. So, you know, we have to think about all of the factors that go into making abortion accessible. Certainly policies and legislation are important, but they're not it. They're not the only thing. We need to have, you know, individuals that understand and know where they can get care. So, you know, reaching individuals is very important. We need to change the way our communities think about and support access to abortion and the people who get abortions. 
Um, we have to make sure that there's plenty of information out there for people. And that's going to be really important now that the U.S. is going through going to be a patchwork um, you know, situation in terms of the restrictions on abortion. We have a health systems crisis in this country. You know, we we, we think about this in the in, in in our work overseas, where we you know I've tra traveled and seen so many different clinics that are really um, you know hanging on by a shoestring. But the U.S. public health system is in tatters, um, and it needs a significant investment. Um, our Surgeon General just last week said that we are facing a healthcare provider shortage and crisis. So what is that going to mean in a time when more and more women are going to be giving birth? I mean, the natural logical conclusion of restricting access to abortion is more people will be pregnant and will be forced to carry those pregnancies to term. I have seen estimates of between six and 800,000 more births annually in the United States as a result of it. Pregnancy is risky. Right. Pregnancy carries harm and risk with it. Um, so we are now going to be exposing more people to risk at a time where we actually don't have enough OBGYNs to care for them. So we have to think about the health workforce at the same time. So there, there are so many ways that people can get involved and so many ways that we can tackle this issue. But the key is we kind of do them all. If you only focus on the political support and the politics of it, it's not going to work. We've already seen our politicians are not representing the will of the people. 70% of Americans support access to abortion. Right. This is not a culture war issue. We are not divided on this topic. It's to me, to my mind, it's totally manufactured you know, by the media who, who you know, is I think rewarded with that kind of divisiveness, right? But, in fact, Americans generally agree. And in fact, the most recent poll found that support for abortion access is at an all-time high in the United States. Hmm. Wow. Well, I was struck before we uh, got on, I was talking with Jesse about um, a book that she read called they didn't, they didn't See Us Coming. And it's about the hidden feminism of the 90s. And your organization was mentioned in that. Jesse, you know more about this, but it just made me think as you're speaking to all the work that needs to be done without um, a whole lot of um, highlight to it, you know, just go in and plug through this stuff. Uh, you, you also made yeah. me think about the, the providers that need to be trained and what is that going to mean to medical schools that won't even train people on the, the, the post uh, yeah. care that they yeah. need exactly um, especially if they're afraid if somebody has a miscarriage you know they're, they're going to be criminalized yeah laura you make a make a really great point so we have seen this in our work right so ipass has worked and continues to work in some highly restricted legal settings so in el salvador for example we have seen um providers essentially turn in women uh, who have come for miscarriages and they and they and then they're in jail they're literally in jail um and, and you kind of, you know, in the beginning, I remember feeling really angry with the provider, but then I realized that the providers are confused. You know, they don't know what is, they're not lawyers, they're not following right. the legal intricacies of all of this. What they know is that abortion is not allowed in this country. And so rather than parsing out, when is it allowed? When is it not allowed? 
they just decide that, okay, I'm not going to go there. I'm just not going to do this. And furthermore, I'm afraid that I'm going to get in trouble. Right. And right. so, you know, they are often the ones. And so, you know, so we have a situation and this is the situation that we're on the brink of creating and have already created, frankly, in the U.S., um, where providers and women are, don't trust each other. You know, providers get put in jail, women get put in jail, uh, you know, and, and despite what the anti-rights people say, oh, we're not, this is not about putting women in jail. It absolutely is. They, women have already been put in jail and more women will be put in jail and so will providers, you know, and I think that's one of the things that's going to be really shocking to Americans uh, when it, but Will we care enough? Will we care enough to actually do something about it, to vote a different way, to direct our activism and our giving in different ways? You know, time will tell. Right, right. You know, we could keep you all day because this is such a such a great conversation and we're learning so much and we hope our, our listeners will also. Um, you, you mentioned some really, really great tangible things that people um, can do on the ground level, um, following you on social media, protesting, which I love to hear because I think people sometimes burn out and they're like, oh, it doesn't matter. No, it matters. And I know it matters to me to see people in Poland walking in the streets um, and, and donating, of course, donating. So can we uh, give listeners uh, a place to go so that they can um, see you, learn more about you, and, and hopefully donate. Yeah, go to our website, www.ipas.org. Fabulous. Thank you so much for your time. And it definitely reminds me that if you're in a country, including in this case, America, where things are, are moving backwards, you mentioned a couple countries, every little thing you do, whether it's posting or retweeting, anything that you do is pushing against that. Anything you can do from home, we can all make a small difference every day. And if we add those up, we're then aligned with your work, Dr. Kumar, which is global. And that is how we get, that's how we get progress that's that you were saying you are seeing that progress across the country yeah. and across the world. Across um, the world, that's how change is made. When they changed the law in Argentina, there were a million people protesting in Buenos Aires. A million people. <laughs> so yeah, it does take uh, that kind of, that's power, that kind of collective power to move the needle. That's what we're going to call this one, Collective Power with Dr. Kumar. <laughs> Thank, <laughs> Thank you. you. Thank you so much for your time. And Thank your you. Thank you. I appreciate it. What an amazing conversation. Dr. Wow. Kumar just blows me away. Like, what a, the perspective. She's, she's got great perspective. Plus she's been in this so long and she, I love the way she's looking at it from, from so many different avenues because it's not a one-sided issue, right? Oh, I, I, I was looking at IPASS's website and, and I was looking at all the places where they work and I noticed that the U.S. wasn't there and I was sort of feeling like, well, why? We need so much help right now and why aren't we on that list? But this is such a worldwide issue that, you know, it's good to know she's out there working on this stuff. That's all. And I can see uh, why she is going to be able to, and has so much experience building these broad coalitions yeah. because she's taking every single opportunity to bring people into alignment around a vision of sustainable abortion ecosystems. And then she's tying together gender justice, climate justice, yeah. racial justice together in a seamless way. 
it doesn't in, make it seem so hard. Right. And it's it, it's in a historical way as well, right? This is not a like she said, it it's not a it's a long game. It's not a short game. <laughs> then I'm thinking also how she's pointing out places that are moving backwards are America, El right. Salvador, Poland. Poland. Right. And places that are moving forward are like 37 different countries right. across the globe. Yeah, she said 37 since 2000. Isn't that incredible that we are on this end of the stick? Like, yeah. And that book, I will reach out to the author. So Lisa, Lisa Levenstein is the author of uh, They Didn't See Us Coming. Oh, I'm going to the library today. And it's just, it's some perspective. How did we get here? And I think it's it's a little bit uplifting because we have made a ton of progress. We're in this backsliding moment, but overall the arc seems to be going forward. We're just getting an enormous amount of backlash, right? So. Right, right. And, and it's good to know we're not alone, you know, just shouting. And if you're listening, you can email us your questions or your suggestions for people who you think you'd like to hear from. Um, you can just write to bostonredcloaks at gmail.com and we will, we will take your ideas and we will move them into alignment as well. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you. You've been listening to Red Cloaks Radio, a production of the Boston Red Cloaks. Find us at bostonredcloaks.com 